Praise the Lord, everybody, on this great Wednesday night, Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for all of you that are here in the building and those who are worshiping online because, after all, it is Thanksgiving. And we give thanks to God. And I know it's a very busy time, and I know that many of you are very, very busy, but you took time out of your schedule to come and give God thanks. And I think that's touching to the Lord. And I just felt the Lord's presence walk in here in a very precious way. And some more very special people that I want to lift up in prayer for the Lord, uh, before the Lord right now. So would you help me? Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God, we pray in the name of Jesus for Brother and Sister Kennedy. Lord, that you'd heal their bodies, Lord, and Sister Lynn, their daughter. Heal them completely, Lord, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And, and Lord, we lift up Brother and Sister Cox before the Lord right now, our pastor friend in Ellsworth and his wife, Lord, and we pray that you would strengthen them, and we thank you for doing it, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. We lift up Lucille Carter before the Lord right now, and we thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in her life and how you are healing her. God, we thank you for those who are with us tonight who have special needs and that you would touch those needs no matter what they may be. And I praise you for it, God, in the mighty name of Jesus the Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Well, the Lord sure is good to us, isn't he? Hallelujah. It's good to see all of you in the house of the Lord tonight. And I know that just to be a good service doesn't have to be a real long service. So I'm not going to be real long tonight because I have mercy on those of you who are doing a lot of cooking. And by the way, thank you for the uh, nice food that the church uh, delivered to us. Thank you so very, very much. We appreciate that so much. Well, tonight as I was just... Uh, getting ready to come to the pulpit, I begin to think about how many blessings God has blessed me with. How many has got a lot of blessings that you owe a, a big debt of gratitude to the Lord? And I was just looking down and, and seeing my mother sitting here at nine, age 99 uh, in church on a Wednesday night. That's, that's just, that's a huge blessing. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And of course, you know, your loved ones, that's that's something you should always be thankful for, and I am so thankful for my wife and children and grandchildren and, and all the relatives I have, some who are even worshiping online with us, at least one sister-in-law, I'm sure, uh, and uh, there may be even more, because some of them, I don't know that they're watching, but I think they are, so happy Thanksgiving, and we're happy to have you today along with us. Praise God. Why don't we clap our hands to the Lord and give God a praise? <laughs> praise God. And uh, you may be seated. I, I'm looking out over the crowd, and I see a, a brand-new grandson that God blessed us with and brought him through some, some uh, troublesome times there, six weeks premature, but he's doing very, very well, and we're thankful. And and I think some of you also could stand up and say, yes, thank God for my little baby that God blessed me with. And I, I know that would be the case with the Jafridas. And uh, who else? Does anybody else here tonight have a baby? I've got one. My wife. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But 
I know the Trefitas have their baby, and we have our... Is there any other new babies represented here tonight? Who? That's right. That's one in the oven. Okay. So we thank the Lord for that, and God is good. And then, my, to have friends. Some people are, are friendless, but I have friends. <laughs> and the value of a friend is just beyond finance. I truly do love every one of you so much. I'm thankful for the opportunity to come to you tonight. And I'm just going to be a few moments, so I'm opening my Bible now, and I hope that you would be willing to turn your attention to the Word of God for just a few moments. And I'm going to the book of Psalms, going to Psalm number 30. How many know that Psalms has no chapters? How many... How many did not know that? There are no chapters in Psalms. So it's not just Bible study night. It's not really an important thing, but you'll hear somebody say, uh, we'll turn into Psalm 30, because they're songs. They're not chapters. So we turn to Psalm 30, and if you would like, I think it would be good tonight for you to Read out loud with me, and let's just read this together. Three verses, one, two, and three. I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. And tonight, for just a couple of minutes, I'd like to teach and preach on this subject. And I lift this phrase from verse number two. Thou hast kept me alive. Actually, verse number three. Thou hast kept me alive. And so that's our title tonight. May the Lord bless you in Jesus' name. I don't want visions of pumpkin pies be dancing through your head for the next few minutes, okay? Just want you to think about how good the Lord is and listen. The psalmist said, I will extol thee, O Lord. How many knows what that means when the psalmist said, I will extol thee? What does it mean? Huh? It actually means to praise enthusiastically, okay? It's a praise, but it's an enthusiastic praise. I will praise you enthusiastically. Why? Because you have lifted me up. I don't know anybody that God saved that he pushed them down. That when God saves us, he always lifts us up. He's always bringing us up to another level. He's always increasing us, never, never pushing us down. You know, isn't it a wonderful thing to know that God never calls somebody with the idea that I know they can't make it, but we'll give them a a chance anyhow. God never calls somebody with, with the idea that, well, I know they can't make it, so let's see how miserable we can make them. 
That's not how God is. When God calls you, and I say this for a purpose, if God called you, then he knows you can make it. You wouldn't have been called. God would not be mean enough to call you if he knew you could not make it. So if you are called, if you're here tonight, then God called you, or if you're worshiping online, God has called you. He didn't call you and then say, rats. I called that woman, but there's no way in the world she's going to make it. <laughs> I called that guy, but there's no way in the world he's going to make it. When God called you, that's because the same God that called you has promised that he will keep you. I find that very encouraging, that God would not call me if he were not going to keep me. So thank you, Jesus. I will praise you enthusiastically because you have lifted me up. Look what God has done for Brother Mickey sitting back there, listening very carefully to the word of God. Look what God has done for Brother Mickey. God has lifted him up out of alcoholism. And Brother Mickey, when God called you, he said, I'm the same God that's going to keep you. So you don't have to worry. God never calls somebody that he can't keep. I think that's exciting. He said, I will praise you enthusiastically because you have not allowed my enemies to rejoice over me. How many have enemies? Well, you don't have to admit if you don't want to, but you've got enemies. Trust me when I tell you. The principal one is name is S-A-T-A-N. <laughs> you may not have flesh and blood enemies. I hope you don't. But you certainly have an enemy called the devil and all of his demons. And I'm thankful tonight. I'm going to praise God enthusiastically because he has not allowed my enemies to rejoice over me. You know, I've been telling people there's a couple things we're fighting right now. We're fighting against the pandemic, whatever, but we're also fighting against the spirit of fear. There's a spiritual component to it, and the devil wants you to walk around being fearful and afraid and worried out of your head. But here I am going to extol the Lord, which means that I'm going to praise him enthusiastically because he has not allowed my enemies to rejoice over me. Here's another reason why we ought to praise him enthusiastically, extol the Lord. He said, Oh, Lord, my God, I cried unto you, and you have healed me. How many could, if I gave you the opportunity, stand and tell about a particular time in your life when you know for a fact that God healed you? I see Sister Mary sitting down here in the second row. I know that God brought her through cancer. And today she's a very healthy lady, and she's living for God, and she's got a great family. Pretty good husband. <laughs> a real good husband. Pay me after church, right? <laughs> but she can look back in her past and she can say, you know, those moments were probably pretty scary. I imagine there was a time when the enemy of fear came over and said, you're going to die. 
And he tried to make her break out into a cold sweat and make her fear that everything was going to go south rapidly. That's what I'm talking about. The, the, the enemy is fighting against you, and he wants you to think the very worst. But I want to praise God enthusiastically tonight because he has not allowed my enemies to rejoice over me. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried unto you, and you have healed me. Hallelujah. Sometimes the thing we need to do is begin to rejoice and begin to worship the Lord even before your body recognizes that it's healed. And say these words, Oh, Lord, my God, I cried unto you, and you have healed me. I feel good just saying that. Hallelujah. How about you, Sister Lalisha? Does that make you good to say that too? Oh, Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. Praise God. Anybody here ever been in the hospital bed, and the enemy tried to come in and make you fear that things were not going to go so good? And then the Lord came through for you, like Brother Keith. There's been times when things were not going very well physically for him. Heart condition. But God brought him through it. He's now a senior citizen. And he's in the house of God on a Wednesday night. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried unto you, and you have healed me. Praise God. On Thanksgiving Eve, isn't it a good thing for us to extol the Lord, to praise Him enthusiastically? Just think about what God has done. Sometimes we just get our mind on what we don't have, what has not happened yet, and we can get so discouraged. But begin to think about what God has already done. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried unto you, and you've healed me. And I don't know if you've been this sick or not, but the psalmist said, Oh, Lord, you have brought my soul up from the grave. Is there anybody here tonight that it was a, a situation where it was dangerous enough that it, it could have cost your life? Sister Mary, Sister Donna, Sister Terry, Sister Linda. There are several. Brother Gabriel. Oh, Lord, you have brought up my soul from the grave. Is that worthy of extolling the Lord? That means, would you think that would be worth praising the Lord enthusiastically? Oh, thank you, Jesus. You've been so good. I think Brother and Sister Ferris are, are worshiping with us online. And, and I don't know how many times God has spared my good friend, Brother Earl Ferris, from death. And, and I don't know how many times God ha, has spared Sister Carol Ferris. But you're watching and listening online. I want you to clap your hands right now. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, I will praise you. I cried unto you, and you have healed me. You brought up my soul from the grave. And then he says, thou hast kept me alive. When it comes right down to it, it's not the expertise of the doctor, although we appreciate our doctors. It's not the expert care of the nurse, although we appreciate our nurses. 
when it comes right down to it, thou hast kept me alive. How many times have you, have you felt the presence of God come into your room and you knew that everything was going to be okay? Oh my goodness, when you're in the valley and the presence of the Lord walks into your room, it is just a wonderful thing to feel that assuring presence of the Lord. And, and some of you have told me about different situations that have happened in your life. And some of us have actually had angels that's walked into our room. And how could I ever forget that the hand of the Lord is upon our lives? Oh God, you've been so gracious to us. Thou has kept me alive. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. 13-year-old Dana Bienenfeld's seventh grade class had just arrived at Yosemite National Park on their year-end field trip. After lunch, they had hiked up the wooded mountainside, and as 13-year-old Dana's classmates fanned out into the forest, she picked her way up a rugged slope. She climbed steadily for nearly half an hour before she realized, she looked around, she was alone. It wasn't lost on a mountain in Maine. It was lost on a mountain in Yosemite Park. That can be a bit more dangerous. If I remember, there's certain furry creatures out there that we don't have out here, like grizzlies. So she's up on this mountain and she looks around and she's 13 years old and she's climbing and she's not paying attention to anybody else and she looks around and there's nobody in sight. Hello! Hello! The dark-haired seventh grader shouted. Can, can anybody hear me? No answer. Help! She yelled again. Is anybody around? And then she said to herself, well, I'll just have to get down on my own. And so Dana stepped carefully from rock to rock. The late spring rains had softened the ground in places. It was after a few minutes of descending, she came to a boulder-strewn ledge that was 15 feet across. It was sort of tilted back toward the mountain, and it was 15 feet across. And she hopped onto that ledge, and when she did, she landed on a melon-sized rock. The rock skidded, and she fell face down into a shallow depression. Unhurt, Dana started to get up, but something pushed her back down. An instant later, she felt an intense, painful pressure on her legs and back that took her breath away. Fearing she would suffocate, she fought wildly, gasping for air. As she worked her head around, she was horrified to see that a granite boulder had rolled on top of her. She must have jostled a rock that was holding that boulder in place. Now she was pinned to the earth, able to move only 
her head, her left foot, and her right hand. Panic-stricken, she tried to yell. But all she could do was whisper. The boulder, nearly the size of a small car, continued to settle, pushing Dana deeper into the dirt. She wriggled frantically, pushing up against the great stone, and then slowly gave up and lay still, and the pain was unbearable. Maybe, she thought, death won't be so bad. And then the pressure leveled off. The boulder had come to rest. Now at least she could breathe. And fear gave way to determination. She told herself, stop thinking about dying and start screaming. She did. And this time, her voice carried up and down the mountainside. A teacher heard Dana's cries and called a park ranger. And in less than 20 minutes, 34-year-old, listen to this, Graham Pierce. Only the first name is G-R-A-H-A-M. But I thought somebody might recognize in some way that name. Less than 20 minutes later, 34-year-old Graham Pierce quickly gathered his gear. Then with two members of his medical team, they jumped into an ambulance and parked in the ambulance at, at the base of the mountain. It took the team of three 20 minutes of hard climbing to reach her. Graham Pierce grimaced when he saw Dana. She lay head first on the downhill slope of a ledge with a boulder covering everything but her legs and her head. The five-ton rock teetered over her at an alarming slant. If it rolled even slightly, it would crush her. Only the fact that she had fallen into a small depression had saved her. At this point, Dana had been trapped for almost an hour, 13 years old, and she was near hysteria. Please get me out, she shouted. Graham Pierce said as calmly as he could, Honey, we're going to get this rock off you as quickly as we can. It's going to take some time, though, and you have to be extremely brave. Can you do that? She nodded, but Graham saw fear in her eyes. If the boulder moved so much as an inch the wrong way, it would roll and kill her and anybody near her. Another thing that was worrisome was Graham could find no pulse in either leg. The rock, remember, was covering the main part of her body. By now, Dana had been under the boulder for nearly two hours. That just gives me the quivers. I don't think I'm going to tell you the rest of this story. Oh, I guess I better tell you. I just, the older I get, the less I like the thought of being caught in a very small space. I used to tease my wife because she uh, hates to be in small spaces. You should have seen her when we got caught in an elevator that stopped between the floors. She did pretty good, and I didn't have to do what I thought about doing. <sighs> Missed my chance. 
But here, this little child had been laying pinned under this rock. And she is scared. Graham talked with Dana continuously in a confident, reassuring voice. You know, if you happen to, happen to be with somebody that's going through a time, you need to be calm and reassuring to them. In one hand, you carry a pail of water. In the other hand, you carry a pail of gasoline. Don't put the gas on it. Put the fire out. Put the water on it. Say, you know, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Hallelujah. It's going to be okay. So Graham was talking to her continuously in a confident, reassuring voice. And Dana listened, closed her eyes, and squeezed his hand. I'll get to the end of the story. Floodlights illuminated the mountain where now more than 30 rescue workers labored to free Dana. Now the surrounding forest was pitch black. The team carefully drilled holes and attached anchor bolts in the top of the boulder. They clipped ropes onto the bolts and tied them to trees uphill. They brought in the jaws of life to use as a powerful jack to help lift the rock. They placed airbags under the boulder. Just then a member of the rescue team approached Graham Pierce and whispered something in his ear, something about they had found an unstable boulder the size of a bus about 75 feet up the mountain directly over them. They made sure she didn't hear. They had to get her out now. In a few minutes, everything was in place. Air began to be pumped into the bags very slowly, and the huge rock began teetering dangerously. It took nearly an hour to raise the rock one inch. Just before 10.30 at night, three and one half hours after Dana had fallen and become trapped, Graham Pierce felt a little give when he gently tugged on her leg. It was time to go for broke. Graham Pierce knelt by Dana's side and said, Honey, we're going to lift the rock now. Be brave for a few more minutes, and we're going to have you out of here. And slowly the crew inflated the airbags. The rock wobbled and then began to rise. Now, one of the crew shouted, and they pulled her out. Dana was strapped to a pine board placed in a rescue basket almost midnight now when they reached the floor of the mountain. Ambulance sped her to an air med helicopter. The following morning, Graham Pierce went to the medical center in Modesto, California to visit with Dana. He opened the door and he found her sitting up in bed. She looked at him and she said, Thank you. You saved my life. Miraculously, Dana suffered not one broken bone and no internal injuries. Her worst injury was a severely bruised and twisted right knee which took nearly three months to heal. Dana later said, I feel I can face almost anything now because nothing under 10,000 pounds scares me anymore. <sighs> I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up 
and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Is there anybody here that could shout with me? Thou hast kept me alive, O God. Thank you, Lord. It's your hand of mercy. It's your goodness. Hallelujah. And I close with one of my favorite passages. It's found in Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. The host should encamp against me. My heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple for in the time of trouble. He shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock, and now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. What are you doing? I'm extolling the Lord. I just was thinking about all the times that God has spared my life. Sometimes my own foolishness. Sometimes through no fault of my own. But God has spared me many times. From the time I was just a little thing, God has been very gracious to me. One time my own mother, God love her heart, left me at a little convenience store. And I was younger than Garrett. And it was a convenience store that was on a highway. And I figured since she left me, I'd walk home. So I was walking down the shoulder of the highway. And my dad came along and said, want to ride? <laughs> and, you know, I don't know. He said something about you can't trust those women, Rick. They'll leave you. <laughs> One time I was riding in the backseat of a 1949 Pontiac. That's an old car. It was old then. I'm sitting in the backseat. Of course, we didn't know anything about seat belts back then. Mom took a turn. Door went open and out I went. And I really found out what it was like to be Superman. Because I was holding, I had a death grip on the inside handle of that door. And my little body was flying behind me. And I had my arm, my, my death grip on the handle. I'm telling you. I have to extol the Lord. God's been very merciful to me. I imagine Brother Aaron has some experiences where he nearly bought the ticket. Was that when your wife was angry with you? I can't remember. No, it wasn't that. 
Must have been on the job or something. Or maybe doing something foolish. Could be. All of us have a story to tell that God has been very gracious to us. Praise God. Brother Caleb, sitting back there, when he was a little kid, he took off with his dog. And there was a big reservoir back there behind that property. Fairly deep pond. And they had to call the rescue unit. Remember that? They had the police rescue units and then they found him. And all was well. And I believe the dog actually stayed with you, didn't he? And I don't know if he was leading you or you were leading him. Which way was it? You were following the dog. Never followed the dog. But God spared his life. Isn't God good? If you've ever been in a situation where you believe that God delivered you, would you just put your hands up now and extol the Lord with me for a moment? Would you just extol the Lord? Oh, let's praise him enthusiastically. Lord, on this Thanksgiving Eve, I want to thank you for being such a wonderful, kind, and gracious Lord. I want to thank you for being my healer and my savior. I want to thank you for being the closest friend I could ever want. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you do. And I'm so sorry that I don't tell you more often, Lord. I, I want to be more thankful than I've ever been. Thank you, Lord, for the fact that I can stand here tonight, Lord. Thank you that I can preach the word of God. Thank you, Lord God, for your many blessings. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A million thanks, Lord, would not be enough. And I give you praise. Hallelujah. The psalmist said, I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord has chastened me sore, but he hath not given me over unto death. Open me to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them and I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter. I will praise thee for thou hast heard me and art become my salvation.
May the Lord bless you on this Thanksgiving Eve. I hope that every one of you have a wonderful time. Now, Father, I pray for all of those who are in need on this Thanksgiving. Lord, I felt sad when I saw the picture of some homeless people. Lord, right here in our own area, God, in Jesus' name, help us. Help those, Lord, who have so little. And help us, oh God, to be thankful for what you've done for us. God, we give you I have this confidence because I've seen the faithfulness of God. King.